This is the Ultimate Guide to Being a Birth Partner, the podcast for anyone supporting a pregnant woman to achieve her dream birth. I'm Sally Ann Beresford, a doula, author and antenatal teacher, and throughout these episodes I will be sharing with you tried and tested tips that help you to ensure that any birth you attend is a positive experience. Welcome to episode three. This time I want to talk specifically about the role of two very important hormones, oxytocin and adrenaline, and how they are not very compatible when it comes to labour and birth. Making sure that as a birth partner, you fully understand how these two hormones are released and what you can do to make sure that they're released at the right time. So let's start off with oxytocin, the hormone of love, the hormone that is produced when a woman is feeling safe and warm and loved and she's comfortable and the environment is dark and quiet. This is the hormone that helps her to produce contractions and therefore dilate. So it's a very, very important hormone for labour and birth and is triggered in the early stages of labour when a cocktail of hormones are released so the cervix can begin to soften and ripen. Now adrenaline has the opposite effect. It can actually prevent a woman from going into labour. It can diminish oxytocin so much that even if she is already in labour, her contractions will be knocked out. In my experience, adrenaline is very easily produced when a woman is feeling scared, frightened, um, is questioning everything, overthinking, overanalyzing. And often when there's a lot of sounds around, those could be sounds just like the dishwasher in the background, the washing machine, the doorbell. It doesn't need to be you know, high level gunfire. It can be something that is very, very simple that is taking her out of her zone. You often hear people describe women as going into a zone when they're in labour, into labour land, into an oxytocic bubble. Um, And this is true. This is very factual. This is something that I have witnessed hundreds and hundreds of times. Seeing a woman go inwards, go into her body, letting go of thoughts, letting go of the outside world. And this is what helps to produce high levels of oxytocin. So as a birth partner, it is very important that you are aware of this and can witness and help the woman you are supporting to try and achieve a safe, simple, easy, straightforward birth by keeping adrenaline at bay. So Oxytocin is helped in its production by things that she can do mentally and physically. So starting off with the potential that she would wake up in the middle of the night in labour, she's already in a quiet, 
dark, calm space. So encouraging her to stay there, to relax and rest, not get up, not try and chase a labour, not walk around. Of course, if she needs to get up and go to the toilet, that's absolutely fine. But she should be encouraged to come back, get comfortable and stay warm. As time goes by, the more oxytocin she produces, you will notice that these surges, contractions, sensations, whatever word she chooses to describe them, you will notice that things will ramp up. They will get closer together, they will get more intense, and it will become obvious that labour is increasing. There are many different hormones required to grow a baby and get it out. But these two in particular need to be fully understood more than others because of the effects they have on each other. Oxytocin is required to produce contractions and adrenaline can literally knock out oxytocin. So if there's adrenaline present, either the woman is not producing contractions or her contractions are not being effective. And this is why some women have long, difficult labours. This is why some women's progress is slower than others. So as the birth partner, it is really, really important that you recognise how each one affects the woman that you're supporting. And of course, that might be different for one woman versus another, because one woman may be affected more by adrenaline than someone else. And as you no doubt already know, Anyone who is feeling stressed can produce adrenaline. And as they enter fight or flight mode, all their blood starts to pump towards their limbs. They are ready to run from danger. A woman in labour definitely does not want to be in this stressed out state because the blood will flow away from her uterus where she needs it the most. When you see a woman who is in a high fight or flight state, she tends to appear like she's got one eye open all the time. She's trying to relax, but she's actually unable to do so. She is questioning her contractions and she is overanalyzing what's happening to her. She might even be trying to chase her labor where she's trying to speed it up or bring it along when it isn't actually ready to do so. In comparison, a woman who is calm and relaxed, who isn't thinking or analysing or trying to control her labour, will actually find that her labour can go quite quick and easy. Now, what I tend to see in this situation is a woman who truly trusts and believes in the process of birth because she knows that if she just calmly relaxes and rests, her body will do everything it needs to and her baby will be born when it's ready. Now this might all sound a little bit hippy-dippy, but actually it's true. And that's why other mammals have such an easy time when their young are born. In order to produce high levels of oxytocin, a woman needs to relax and stay calm. She needs to be able to trust her body to go inwards if she has the ability to rest and relax, she could actually sustain labour for quite a long period of time. She should get into a position that is comfortable for her. Typically, this is a leaning forward, gravity-assisted position. Positions that will 
enhance her ability for the baby to move down through the birth canal quickly and easily. But more importantly, when a woman is in a leaning forward upright position, she's creating the maximum amount of room in her pelvis and she's also taking the weight of the baby off her spine, making the journey through the pelvis for the baby as smooth and simple as possible. The more oxytocin a woman produces, the more she produces. I hope that makes sense. Oxytocin is produced on a feedback mechanism, so it, it is that simple. If she keeps producing oxytocin, she will keep producing it. The minute adrenaline enters the space, it starts to diminish the progress that she makes. Let me give you a couple of examples of how hormones can have a massive effect on labour. This one is about adrenaline. So I had a client from my pregnancy yoga class who was expecting her third baby. She went into labour in the middle of the night when it was quiet and dark and calm. Her children were asleep in bed. Her husband was beside her. She woke him up at about three in the morning and she asked him to call his parents to come around and look after the children. He packed up the car and when his parents arrived, he showed them into the kitchen, shut the door and went upstairs to get his wife. As they were coming down the stairs, she remembered that there was something she wanted to take to her birth that was in the lounge. So she opened the door and switched on the light and as she did so, she saw a massive spider on the wall and she was petrified of spiders. In this exact moment, her labour shut down for four hours. The amount of adrenaline that she felt in that moment that she saw that spider switched off her oxytocin and shut down her birth. She was very embarrassed. She had to ask her in-laws to go home. She had to go back upstairs to bed and she had to calm down. She had to try and eliminate the adrenaline that she'd felt in her body. And when that happened, her oxytocin levels once again began to rise. But it took four hours for that to happen. As soon as it did, she was on her way back to the hospital and they had their baby. This is a really interesting story that many of my pregnancy yoga ladies love to listen to because it just goes to show how powerful adrenaline is. If I was to describe this as a traffic light system, this example would be the red light. The high, high levels of adrenaline that knock oxytocin out so well, there is no labour. In the example of high levels of oxytocin, the green light would be that a woman is lying in bed in the middle of the night. She doesn't wake her partner. She doesn't do anything other than sleep and rest and allow her oxytocin levels to build. When 
she is in full established labour, she is getting comfortable, getting into nice leaning forward positions. She has regular snacks that are put beside her that she helps herself to. She has regular drinks, but there is no conversation. She doesn't need to talk about what's happening. And when the time comes, she knows instinctively that it's time to go into the hospital, the midwife-led unit, or call a midwife out to her at her home birth, wherever she's decided her baby is going to be born. This is an example of high levels of oxytocin where there is no outside influences whatsoever. She doesn't have anything going on that prevents her oxytocin from being produced. She is in the dark, in the quiet, in the warm. She feels safe and secure and everything is working well. The third example is when you are in between the two, the amber light of the traffic lights, neither red nor green, neither stop or go. This is when you have some levels of adrenaline and some levels of oxytocin. And what you get is a woman who is often questioning what's happening to her, but she's still in a really good position. She might even be in a dark, quiet room. But she can't stop analysing. She can't stop questioning. She wants to know what's going on. She wants to go into the hospital a little bit too soon, perhaps arriving when she's not in established labour. She may have sounds around her that she's finding very distracting. She may be on her mobile phone telling people that labour has begun, including herself in conversations that bring her into her thinking brain at all times. This is a woman who is still having contractions but making no progress. And this is something that is quite common because modern women are more likely to want to analyse their labour. They're more likely to want to think about what is going on. Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it long? Is it strong? And they are tuning in far too much to the little things about their birth. And they're not as trusting in the birth process. They're not able to fully grasp what it is that they need to do in order to have a slightly quicker, slightly easier birth. Because these are women who are really in their heads. And the minute they can get out of their heads, that's when labour can really take off. So what can you do about this? What is your job as the birth partner? So I always say start with looking around the room, making sure that the environment is conducive to high levels of oxytocin production. Turn the lights out. Even a candle in the corner for some women can be too bright. You have to see how things are going and what's working well for her. Encouraging her into a position where she is very comfortable, making sure that she's either lying down on her side or leaning forward over something that is helping her to stay as comfortable as possible. Maybe getting her to sit on a ball where she can lean over the back of a chair or sofa. It's really important that she has cushions and blankets, that she's not feeling exposed, that she doesn't have her body parts on show 
especially if you have by this point gone into the hospital and she is surrounded by strangers that she doesn't know. Another thing that can really produce a lot of adrenaline that can affect the labour is the amount of questions that she's asked by medical professionals. Make sure when she is writing a birth plan that she is really, really clear that she wants any questions to be directed via you if she doesn't want to be disturbed during the labour and birth because it's important that she isn't brought out of her nice oxytocic bubble unless absolutely necessary. When you're beside her, try not to over-ask her questions about what she may need. If, if, if you think she needs a snack, put a snack beside her and say there's a snack here if you need it. Have a drink handy, but don't always keep asking her if she wants it. She will know it's there. She will know that she can access that drink whenever she needs it. If she chooses to use any form of pain relief, for example, gas and air, perhaps you can hold the handle of the gas and air when she's not having a contraction, so that in between she is able to soften and relax, therefore helping her to stay calm, helping her to stay in a high oxytocic state. If her contractions diminish, you'll probably be aware that there's a reason why. If she doesn't have high levels of oxytocin, her adrenaline levels are clearly knocking out her oxytocin. Of course, if you're already aware that the woman you are supporting is going to struggle with switching off her thoughts, then this makes any discussions had in the antenatal period vital. Making sure that you both know if she is an overthinker by nature, then you can prepare for that by ensuring that you have all the tools you need to keep her oxytocin levels high and practicing techniques with her in advance. These might include touch techniques, breathing techniques, hypnobirthing, etc. So I'm going to leave it there for today. I hope that's been helpful. Don't forget the birthability method traffic light system that I taught you. High levels of adrenaline, no labour. High levels of oxytocin, labour is going great. Some levels of adrenaline and some levels of oxytocin puts you in the amber zone. And that means slow, drawn out, long labour where you've got contractions, but no progress. And that is by far the worst possible place to be. So be mindful of what puts her into that middle zone. Think about the sounds around you. Think about questions. Is anyone distracting her, bringing her back into the room on a consistent basis, trying not to let that happen, avoiding it wherever possible, and allowing her to go into that oxytocic bubble where she is highly protected and able to get into the zone. And this is where the magic will happen. Okay, I will speak to you a little bit more about this in the future when we cover transition. If you've got any questions, let me know. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Ultimate Guide to Being a Birth Partner with me, Sally Ann Beresford. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review and don't forget to hit subscribe. If you are on Instagram, you will find me at The Ultimate Birth Partner. 
please feel free to follow me for more ideas on supporting women through the birth of a baby. If you would like to purchase a copy of the book that accompanies this podcast, then head over to Amazon and type in Labour of Love, The Ultimate Guide to Being a Birth Partner. If you would like to work with me on a one-to-one basis, visit my website www.birthability.co.uk or email me hello at birthability.co.uk.